Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael. We return to Horror on the Orient Express in Venice, the city of love, as was evident last episode. And so before we get to introductions, I would like to thank all of our listeners and pre-thank our cast for the amazing job that they will do for you tonight. Uh, if you are not a backer of our Patreon, come check us out at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. Find us all over your social media feeds. We will have an episode for you till the end of time. That's not guaranteed. Anyway, uh, we'll get over to introductions. So to my right. Hello, this is Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser. And I've just had to give Professor Richard Courtney a very stern talking to. You know, I do feel like you have given him a few stern talkings to. Um, Yes, he does seem to be playing a blind bit of attention. This is evident uh, to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and there are some shenanigans going on in this hotel. There certainly were. Yesterday and even into this morning, it has been filled with shenanigans. I'm sure there'll be more today. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and my wife and I are very disappointed in our companions today. You have a funny feeling your wife's disappointed in you, and we'll get to that, trust me. Uh, To Mr. Griffith's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, who was left high and not so dry by one Mr. Richard Courtney. It is so, so true. And I just want to say, could you perhaps help him find a clue? Could you help him pay for one? He's got all that money. I can help him find something. (laughs) Uh, And to Miss Bellinger's right. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And... um... It'll come as no surprise that Richard's only got 5% in ride. How fitting. Uh, So I suppose then it's very important that we introduce our special guest. And so if you would like, special guest, who are you and what will you be playing at tonight? Hi, my name is Bridget Jeffries and I am playing Agent Mia Aspen. Maybe that's her real name. Maybe it's not. But let me tell you, in surveying and writing up a report on this particular group, this is about to be the best report of her life, and she's super excited to be here. We are super excited to have you back. And so we will raise the curtain today, day three in Venice. When last we left our investigative crew, they were picking up the pieces after a uh, 
rather strange dalliance inside the uh, hotel room of one Professor Richard Courtney, and they had been beset upon uh, by an outsider, someone calling themselves Mia. And Mia seemed to have some very direct questions last episode for Mr. Griffith, and I would imagine that she is likely still lurking out in the hallway as the group continues to piece themselves back together because it seems that she is trying to wrangle this bunch of wet cats into a line so that she can get what she needs. So, Cat Wrangler, wrangle away. Keeper, can I get a, just a quick, uh, all of them are in the room right now? Um, I would say that uh, Mr. Fraser and Professor Courtney are slightly in the hallway to the side. They had just gotten done having a conversation where we left it. And, but everybody else is viewable at this point, minus Paul, who's gone back to his room to look over some literary topics. Best lit ever. Uh, yeah, so she is going to uh, kind of shoulder her way into the frame of the door, and she's going to look over everyone in these various positions of either embarrassment or anger or frustration, and she's going to say, well, well, that was delightfully awkward, but I feel like we still have things to do today. Um if we all remember correctly, um, you all received a note that I read this morning, something about an IOU maybe for an item that you weren't able to retrieve. I think we should start back on that path. And then Maggie, you and the good doctor can try to figure out what's going on with your not sex life. At some point, that would be amazing. And I think I think that reconciles everything for the moment. So, sounds good? Sounds fine to me, yes. Awesome. So what is our next step right now? Well, we need to find this leg, obviously, but can we somehow reference what's in this letter? We have only a first name, uh, and we have a, a place of death, so I believe we were thinking that possibly we could um, cross-reference some death records to see if we could find out within about ten years ago, give or take, that someone passed away. It's either that or we knock door-to-door asking about statues. Don't don't forget the seal. I I think they're uh, somewhat unique. Perhaps if we know who sealed it, that was the person that wrote it. Yeah, the the seal in question here on this letter, those of you who've handled it, is a cherub carrying a a cherub that has a, a shield behind it, if memory serves correctly, and then the cherub is carrying a baby. Hmm. Um, may I uh, may I see the, this letter a moment, if you'd be so kind? Yes, I believe Mr. Griffith still has it. Simon? I'll go ahead and hand it to Jim. Thank you. Yeah, the paper is fairly worn here, Mr. Fraser. It uh, It's decent stationery, but it's yellowed from age. And the hand that wrote it likely had some schooling. Hmm. Statue was broken... So it's been taken to replace the arm. Uh, leg, leg, I do beg your pardon. Monte, Mont, Monte Grappa. You know, Jim, I think that's the key, our key clue here. Monte Grappa. We need to find what battles were fought at Monte Grappa and when. Well, the battles of Monte Grappa. I mean, surely you know of the, the battles of Monte Grappa. Obviously not. Uh, it was... Uh... It was in, uh, well, there were three of them, I believe, in, in, in total. Uh, it was the, the Austrian advance in 1917. I'm not familiar with it. I was mostly on the Western Front. Remember, the Americans came in. Wait, this is something you know more than I do. 
Well, I was on I was on the Western Front myself, but I know about the, the battles of Monte Grappa. It would appear that whoever we're looking for either is somebody of standing, perhaps, who has statues, and, or perhaps is a... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they are a, perhaps a, a sculptor. I, I don't know. Um, somebody old, anyway, that's for sure. This, this reads like a friend who's... Husband, son, perhaps? Hmm. This figures. Somebody who has many statues in, in there. Well, I, 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 I don't know. His, stat, his figures are the only things that comfort him. So somebody old who has many statues in their, uh, in their well, presumably in their place of residence. They might be known around Venice then. Hmm. What is this seal? This, uh, is this known to anyone? Do you think if we showed this seal to somebody, uh, they would uh, recognize it? That's what Professor Courtney seems to think. Aye. Why would, why on earth would anyone go to such lengths just to replace uh, the leg of a statue? Well, we've seen, Mr. Fraser, that it tends to evoke some clinginess in people, possessiveness, perhaps. Aye, aye. And if I'm not much mistaken, if Milan is anything to go by, these these items, they cast a, a dark shadow over the, the place where they are. Well, we have some pieces to follow up then, it seems. Aye, perhaps uh, wherever this is being held, perhaps there are people there suffering in, in the same way that they were during the plague. That uh, that it speaks of in the uh, in 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 this uh, this journal that we have the, uh, the French tab, soldier in tab if possible, but I just want to remind everyone we have someone else watching us too. <sighs> Mia looks around like, oh, I wonder who. Any any movements that we may make, we have to be aware that someone may be behind us. I think we may have at least two people watching us. Well, if one of them can even be called a person, fair. But yes, they're either ahead of us or they're behind us. Ahead of us is in already uh, getting the item prior to us, or behind us, or watching us. We cannot let our guard down. I think one of them may be traveling alongside us, actually. The fog? Well, yes. He was with us then. Or, or Mia. Or Mia. She throws her husband a wink. I'm sorry, Maggie. Are you personifying the fog? You called it a he? Well, I wouldn't say personifying. I mean, it, it already it does that itself. I'm I'm sorry, um, Mrs. Griffith, Miss, whoever you actually are. What do you know exactly of uh, what's going on here? Oh, I just arrived from Cairo about mm, seventy-two hours ago. I see. And your involvement in this is is part of your profession, yes? No, darling, it's out of the goodness of my heart. Do I detect a note of sarcasm in your voice, perhaps? No, I would never. D Mr. Fraser. I would absolutely never. No, I am here um, as an aide. Fraser, if you don't mind. Sir, apologies. What was it again? I'm asking you exactly what your business is with this party. I'm here to help. I came in to check in on my dear husband and to provide any necessary help that I can on your endeavor. My agency has the same goals and alignment with whatever you all are doing. 
I see. Um, do you mind if I see some identification? Sure. And she actually, uh, she'll reach into her back pocket and she'll flip out a passport for him. Yes. And what does it say? It does say Mia Aspen. She has a flirtatious, assholish look playing on her eyes, but she doesn't say anything. Well. So, to be clear, are you or are you not with Mr. Griffith, maritally? Oh, no, that was just a cover so I could sleep in his room and keep tabs on him. Simon, you you know this this young woman, yes? She knows my employer. Well, she says she knows your employer. This is true. And I have a passport in my hand that says Mia Aspen. But more than that, we do not know. She knows some information from prior. And you trust her? Nope. Then why exactly are you here, miss? Oh, did you want me to reiterate what I had said prior? No, I would like you to provide some sort of proof of your identity and uh, that you are exactly who you say you are. This passport is meaningless. It doesn't even say the name that you have given to the reception at the hotel, so we know you're a liar. A very good one at that, just for sakes of clarity. Well, that's that's splendid. Oh, that, well, that, that, that really sets my mind at rest, I must say. Darling, I hate to say this, but I'm not here to mollycoddle, comfort, or make you feel warm and fuzzy about the job you have in front of you. I'm here to make sure that you do it as efficiently and quickly as possible. And while we're sitting here arguing, we have lost yet another 20 minutes of precious daylight that we could be, I don't know, what did I hear from Maggie? Uh, identifying death records, or as the good doctor said, identifying the origins of a seal. I believe the lady said it perfectly. We have things to do. Um, with all due respect, miss, you do talk an awful lot, but you don't really say anything that I'm interested in hearing. Um, I do not work for you or with you. What uh, your position is, what your relationship is with Mr. Griffith is none of my concern. Uh, you have uh, forced your way into this company, and, uh, well, quite frankly, I really don't see why we should spend any more time in your company. You act like uh, I, in some way, work with you or for you, which I do neither. Just as a quick point of clarification, I was actually invited. I wasn't, I didn't force myself. I did not invite you. Your ladyship, did you invite this young woman to join our party? No, I rather think I would remember monogramming such an invitation. Well then, there we are. Who exactly uh, invited you? Oh, apologies. Is her opinion the only one that matters? You are in love with her. That is darling. The four of you should all sit down and actually work out your romantic intricacies at some yes, other point. Yes, talking, we... talking, talk, lots of talking, but no actual information. Who invited you to join this party? Well, I was invited in by my husband. You have no husband in this party? Not legally, no. You do understand we'll just keep going in this circle, correct? Well, you do understand that uh, I have no reason to spend any more time in this room debating this with you and I would, unless, Simon unless uh, you uh, have any particularly strong desire for this uh, young lady to remain, I would ask you um, if you wouldn't mind her leaving without uh, any further delay Well, how about this? I'm going to take the lady into my room and we're going to discuss uh, our employer Well, perhaps uh, the young lady, who has yet to prove that her employer is who she says they are, um, would like to spend a little bit of time in her own company while we discuss whether or not we uh, have any desire to pursue our investigations with her by our side. This is not your decision, miss. This is our decision. 
I completely understand. With all due respect, I understand. I am merely yes. awaiting a verdict. Shall I go somewhere else until I'm summoned? Uh, if you wouldn't mind, that would be uh, most obliging of you. Then she'll throw a very sincere, uh, playful wink at you, and then uh, she'll head back to Simon's room. Fair enough. Simon, who is this woman? She claims she works for my employer, the major, and she has some knowledge. And you've checked her credentials with the I major, have I not it's... had a chance to, which is why I was very vague about what happened previously. What is going on? She blindsided me before I was fully awake, and we need to send off a telegram to the major to get this take verified because she's apparently not providing anything either that or i need to go in there and find out she is who she is i'm rather more concerned with uh, how this young woman who has provided no documentation or identification and seems to know an awful lot about us how and why she is well how and what why why is she even here why have you brought her into our company Jim, I hear you. Let me explain what I have been told from her that was not passed on to you, and then we will go from there. I will be as quick on this as possible. She claims she has been here three days. We have been here two. This is our third day. She said that she saw you both bumbling around in the plaza last night, you and the professor. While we were there, I am. All right. Bumbling is perhaps a slightly... Strong yes. term, but I... And she apparently was in the hotel last night listening in when the professor and Miss Maggie were talking in the hallway. I see, I see. So, so far we know she's been spying on us. Carry on. Exactly. She's been spying on us. She obviously has skills at spying yes. on people because... Evidently, yes. Perhaps we... she works for the Alexander Fitzgeorge. This is also possible. This is why I'm trying to keep things to a minimum. And every time she was asking for information beyond my personal view of yourselves, I told her that she would have to speak to you, the people in question. Now, I'm not quite sure why you spoke to her at all, to be perfectly honest with you, but carry on. I wasn't awake, and to be honest, that is, some, that is something the Major would do. But we do need to find out her credentials. She is rushing us. She claims she's on a tight schedule, and... I think that's partly to get her what she wants done. Well, she's just walked in and started dishing out orders and timetables to us like she is in charge of the operation. And she's not. Exactly. So either she coughs up the credentials or I walk her down to the telegram office and we figure out who she is. Well, I mean, either way, even if she has these credentials, she is an associate of yours, but she is certainly has no authority over uh, her ladyship, Miss um, Ballinger, no. Professor Courtney, or myself. No, she doesn't. And I agree with you there. That's the other thing. She is not in charge of you. If she checks out, she at least would be technically reliable for the purposes of working towards the same ends as working for my employer. How about this? How about this, Simon? Sorry to interrupt you. How about this? Why don't you make sure she checks out See what position she has with regard to yourself, whether she is your superior or vice versa. And then have a wee quiet word with her and perhaps explain that 
this is not a military operation, and she is certainly not in charge of it. And if she wishes to work with us and assist us, that's all well and good. And I'm fine with this, Fraser. So I will take care of this this morning. And since you know about this Monte Grappa, you can start working on that. Fair enough? Yes, I think so. Is it, what does everybody else think? I, I'm, I'm aware that Simon and I have been rather monopolizing the conversation here, but I'm sure you all have opinion about the, uh, the young lady. Keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. We don't know which one, but either way, stay close. I wasn't aware my opinion was um, particularly valued. I think she's a breath of fresh air, honestly. You, 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 you have to understand. And Professor, your opinion does count. You have to understand that we, we cannot afford to take everyone we meet at face value. The situation we are in here is a very delicate one. Now, we have met people and spoken to them, and well, perhaps in the past we have been a little too liberal with the information that we have uh, given away, and perhaps we have been a little too trusting in, uh, in the relationships and uh, that we have made uh, along the way. But we know for a fact that there are at least two parties in the city right now who also, as far as we can tell, have designs upon the, the pieces that we are seeking. Now, I think to, to bring a, somebody we have never, none of us have ever seen before in, in our lives and into this, uh, into this conversation, into discussions on this topic, it is, it is not prudent or wise until we have absolute assurance that they are not working with or for one of the other parties. Agree. Well, shall we at least get busy and do some things? Goodness sake. Talk, 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 talk. All right. If you will excuse me, I'll go to my room and get it, get either her information or walk her down to the telegram office. Thank you, Simon. I'll, I'll leave it in your very capable hands then. Well, perhaps we should um, see if we can find the origin of this seal. Okay, so who's going to go investigate the seal while Simon has a short conference with his wife? Richard will kind of look around tentatively to see if anyone's sort of up for coming with him. He's a little bit sort of, um, I don't know, um, bashful, awkward, guilty, something like that. I mean, if you would have asked like 15 minutes ago, I would have totally been up for coming with you. But... <laughs> I, I will go along with the professor. I will be going with... James Rob Fraser. Well, Lady Elizabeth. And then and then I shall I assume that Mr. Fraser is also coming with as well? I think so, yes. yes. Okay. So the four of you are going to trundle on off to research a wax seal. Now my question would be, you've had some luck in the library here in Venice. Will you be returning to that library or I thought we were going two ways. Are you going two ways? Because I think we were gonna do me and Fraser were going to do death records ah, and well, Lady Elizabeth and Richard were going to do the wax seal. Likely in the same spot though. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, as death records would likely be kept somewhere secure where there's a bunch of, you know, books and Lady Elizabeth, you've had some experience in that library. So has uh, your, your, uh, your personal assistant as well. You've had some good luck so far in that library. So we will place you on the path 
there. It's still pretty early, but uh, you are able to gain access to the library uh, a little earlier than normal. They're happy to let you in. And uh, within minutes, you're yet again surrounded by a beautiful room, Lady Elizabeth, one that is filled with knowledge from hundreds of years. Lots of wide tables, lots of very thick leathery tomes, and perhaps the next clue on the trail. The tension kind of evaporates a little bit, just back in my happy place. And I look around for a moment, breathe in the bookish air, and think to myself, I wonder if I have time to bring the princess here. Mm, perhaps. That would be a wonderful um, be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? And then I shall go look for some heraldry records. Okay. Very good. So everybody within the library can make me a library use roll. Uh, given that you'll be looking for either Haldry or you'll be talking to someone about death records. Uh, we'll see what uh, what we get. Uh, normal success. Hard success. It's a fail for Maggie. This is... Uh, <laughs> Mr. Fraser's kind of walking around, just looking at bookshelves, hoping for the best. Um... No, that is not a success. Okay. So we'll say the, the, the two more bookish persons probably have a little bit luck first. Uh, but luck stays fairly well in the pocket with you, Lady Elizabeth, because you come upon a, a record of a family here in Venice. And it's quite interesting. The family is the Garamanchi family. They are a family that has dealt in Venice with the creation of dolls. And so the reason why they come up specifically is they were crafting in the 19th century special orders like singing birds and figures. The record of them also goes back to the 18th century. And this is when the locals in Venice begin to kind of cling on to their name. And that's because many of the Parisian will say well-to-dos, much like yourself, would buy these Garamancy dolls for their kids. So they'd buy dolls and they'd have them in the nursery. And the family at that point really establishes itself in the 18th century as, well, something that makes things pretty special. But just from your record search here over the next hour, you notice that the dolls themselves fall out of fashion. Richard... Did you succeed or not? Yes, I can't remember. Yeah, Richard succeeded. Just a normal success. You find a note here in a passage about this same family. But the note that you find is rather troubling. And that is this family had some a member of them investigated by a group called the Council of Ten. You're not familiar with who they are. But they're... The way it's written, there seems to be some sort of um, authority put behind it. Uh, they, they accuse one of the family of making dolls in the image of their political enemies. And then on election night, would burn them in the public square in hopes of preventing them from winning election. The Council of Ten investigated and found no truth in the matter. And are we going to spend some more time in the library? 
each roll is an hour. So it's up to you as far as how, how much you'd like to spend. Richard will point out this council of ten and say that uh, this is um, interesting. I, I, I wouldn't mind uh, a little more research on the council of ten. It's an intriguing. Okay. Yes, quite. I think it's a good use of our time. Any time in the library is a good use of time. Meg, you do happen upon a few other, we'll say, less factual, more um, romantic books. It is Venice, and you find a story of a couple here that was meant to meet at the Rialto Bridge, a very famous bridge in Venice. And uh, during that time, they reported here in this story, probably about 30 or so years ago, that they saw some very strange fish under the Rialto Bridge. It was taken as a hoax at the time, but the woman in question reported that the fish had the arms of men. So hour two, give me a roll, and then we're, we'll go um, look in on the Griffiths, as it were. 33 under 80. 8 under 56. I love it. I love it when I get to roll library use. It's my best stat. <laughs> okay, so the extreme is going to play out first. I failed. You are finding things. You're just not finding anything. Yes. It's all in Italian. I can't understand a word of it. <laughs> Why are we here? I can't understand a word of this. Maggie, you happen upon a story, but you can't read it because it's in Italian. Uh, you do, however, find a rather helpful librarian who assists you with some of the translation because she knows how to speak English. And it's another story of this Geromancy family. Uh, she mentions, too, that everyone that she knew growing up, their grandmothers had dolls from the Geromancy, that they were renowned in culture, even, even if they've fallen out of favor or out of style from present day. Uh, every grandmother had a doll from their studio. And she even shows you on a local map where the factory is. Fraser will probably come wandering over after she um, Maggie finishes speaking to the assistant. Uh, have you had any luck? I, I, I don't seem to be able to find anything of any use whatsoever here. Uh, yes, um, this interesting story about the Garamancy family. Uh, they they apparently made dolls. Dolls? Oh. Yes, which I, I can't imagine a doll big enough to have a man's leg on it, but uh, it seems hmm. um, reasonable if they were rather attached to these statues or or something like that, that it could be dolls. Uh, the uh, the you. librarian said that it's quite a famous family, and she showed me where the factory can be found. Oh, really? She didn't happen to say if they'd lost anyone at Monte Grappa, did they? Did she? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. But perhaps we could look up if there was a, a geromancy that was lost at that time? Yes, indeed. I, if, we, if we can find the, uh, the records of the fallen at the, at the battle, um, scan through it, we might, we might be able to find that name. Okay. So the uh, those wheels are now turning... Uh, Lady Elizabeth, for your part, uh, you've had to check some of the upper sections here at the library. Remember, it's multiple floors because it's also technically a museum. There's a ton of stuff that goes on here. 
and while you are checking the bookshelves, uh, you pull a book aside and you see a familiar face. You see Elena's face behind a book. You go and pull the book off the shelf and you see her looking back through the bookshelf at you. And she winks. Fancy meeting you here. Sound a little fancy. I saw you cross the street. Ah, so not a chance meeting then. No, my dear. Not at all. I reach out to, as if to take a Mm -hmm. book and lightly graze her hand as I pull the book away. She follows your arm back and refuses to, um, refuses to be corralled in her own personal space. She kind of invades your personal space very lightly with her own hand. Doing research. Always. So much to learn. I have a meeting here in town. I am working on getting some further protection for my travels. A meeting in the library? Mm, No, at the palace later. Oh my. It's to be expected. But I don't know how long I'll be staying in Venice. So I wanted to make sure I saw you before I left. Surely you'll be here at least one more night? She She steps like half a step closer and you feel her presence in your personal space a very warm and inviting series of syllables follow I should hope so well perhaps I'll see you later this evening wonderful she smiles and gives you a very respectful nod an almost knowing smile and then leaves you to your books I continue my research and looking for things but with a very odd to anyone who knows Lady E smile the entire time. <laughs> it's true, but for the first 30 seconds or so, you have you can't remember a thing that you were you were thinking about. You have no idea Absolutely what you were thinking. It evaporates. I, I pull multiple books off the shelves and look at them, and I have no idea what they are or why I picked them up. Correct. Or anything at all. So we'll leave all of you in the library in those specific positions. And we'll go back to the hotel where the Griffiths have met to confer. So, uh, Simon, you come back into your own hotel room. And Mia, you are sitting on the bed or looking out the window or... I mean, she can't go but too long to not fuck with people. So she's probably sitting cross-legged directly on the trunk. Did I get kicked out of book club? Where's your identification, Mia? Uh, and she will reach into her pocket and she will actually flip over her actual identification. Simon, what you see here is a collection of papers. You see a couple of folded letters, single page letters. One is from the U.S. State Department, which you're fairly familiar with, at least it's, its markings. The other is from one you're not as familiar with, and that is from the British government. And who are they addressed to? Uh, well, they're addressed to her, and then the State Department one is from uh, from Major Charles Pierce. That's the State Department letter. And then the British the letter from the British government is signed from someone you're not familiar with. But are they to Mia? Yeah. Is that the name on there? Mia Aspen? They are to Mia. Okay. Mia, you know, you could have handed these to Fraser. I could have. You, you like to kick the can, don't you? It's how I get past most days. But... I don't know Fraser any better than you know Fraser. You and I work for the same agency. We have the same goals. I don't fault 
Fraser for wanting my identification validated by any means. I think it's a very smart play and this probably leans into what you told me about him being the most trustworthy and headstrong forward person in the group. Yeah. I'm not upset at him, but I'm also not providing my credentials to him. There was enough information coming from you that I was not ready to dismiss it, but I'm glad you are able to supply this to me. I'm glad you are here to pass on the information. And I am glad that you're going to go ahead and set up the communication protocols. Are you sticking with us? Well, should I get formal permission from Mr. Fraser to come back into book club? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My apologies. Simon, please sit. Can we talk? Look, Simon, please sit. If if you would, let's let's talk. Let's air everything out because I can't be here long and I'm a resource that you can use. I would tap uh, this resource while it's available before they send me off to the next project. And I appreciate that. All right. Ask me a question, then I'm going to ask you one. Let's just go back and forth for a bit. Then we can go grab some lunch and figure out what the hell we're going to do. Okay? Fair enough. What's chasing you all from city to city? As you know, we're collecting the items. This was disclosed by Dr. Pierce. These have to be reassembled and then destroyed. It's as simple as that. Okay? Now, Professor and his device are critical for this mission's success, which is why I'm shepherding his ass across the continent. There's so many countries here, and there's just one big country back home. You know how confusing it gets. So the problem is, is there's a potentially two parties pursuing us. All right? Maybe even more. There's a party of nobles. At least, I think they're nobles. There was a duke in Lausanne, which I did contact Dr. Pierce about. I know. I read that one. And he has pursued us, and he has used some of that hoodoo garbage on the train. He made himself literally disappear with a hoop. At least that's what I was told. I was in the middle of a brouhaha. This happened here with the Duke. The Duke is potentially still pursuing us. And I am sure that if he is pursuing us, he probably has other people in on this. We encountered another individual with a lot of money in Milan. He was also doing crazy stuff and he stole the voice from a woman and inserted it in his own throat. What's Mia looking like right now after I say that? She's not making an attempt to hide it. Like like her eyebrows go up, her jaw goes slightly slack, but she is not interrupting this particular story. And this same individual when we attacked him he was at the theater some form of devil creature burst out of his skin with blood like acid and attacked us this is the eight foot devil that she referred to earlier this morning yes it's this eight foot devil the one you think is responsible for the death this morning No, the eight-foot devil is destroyed, Hmm. as far as we know. Fraser and I did a number on it. 
So what bestial creature is chasing you from city to city? And it's not dawning on her that she's breaking the rules, but she just is still going for it. Yeah, there's something that happened in Paris with Lady E and Fraser in the basement of an asylum where we were doing research on the origins of this item. And last night, Lady E said this same fog that was in that basement was in the plaza last night. So there is something kind of human with the Duke pursuing us, and there's something that ain't natural pursuing us. And to top it all off, I saw a third party, Fitzgeorge, somehow tied to Lady E, that came out of nowhere yesterday. And this is apparently a human party. So, there's a lot of people involved in this. And it, and not people as well. So it surely seems. I asked you this question earlier. I was being sincere. But I'm going to ask it again now. Simon, are you okay? Oh, hell no. What do you need? And it doesn't have to be answered now. We can wait until you confer with your your teammates. They are who we have for this mission. We know. I think they are good. I think they are all useful. There are definite strengths amongst all of them. But I have a feeling it's going to get harder and harder the closer we get to Constantinople. It will. Does the department have anyone in Greece or Turkey that we'll be able to contact, or will it be you? It depends. I'm more one of their mobile spies, as you can say. You may get stuck with me in Greece as well. But when I send my report and your list of requests, I will inquire on your behalf. And she throws both of her hands into her um, thighs as she's, you know, sitting cross-legged. Well, that was a great talk. Should we get caught up with the rest of your teammates? I feel like I owe Fraser an apology. Usually I don't piss people off that early. It takes a little bit longer, but I think I got underneath his skin. He's British. Mm. He's also a soldier, I do believe, and he sl- she slides off the trunk. And she's like heading towards the door like, all right, good talk, team. You coming? Let's get some food. And then we'll go rendezvous with him at the library and keep our eyes peeled. Like I said, I would not be surprised if Lady E is a noble. She's got Fraser as her man. And she's surrounded herself with others here. It is entirely in my opinion that Fitzgeorge probably also has a man or two and surrounded himself with other people as well. So we're not dealing with just individuals. So let's keep our eyes peeled. Of course, honey. She puts her arm through your arm and lays her head on your shoulder and bats her eyes up at you. You know, we couldn't legally be married in the States as she's closing the door behind her and heading out. You you know, as an imaginary wife, you're the best. (laughs) Yay, I've been upgraded. Mm, Indeed. Uh, So the two of you get some food. It's interesting, actually, Simon, because Mia doesn't really eat this time around. She's probably just a little full. Uh, But you managed to get some breakfast, and uh, the both of you do see in the paper that... um, there was a death of a gondolier. Uh, so mm-hmm. Body was found uh, this morning. It was ripped apart. It's a little concerning. And as we get to midday, 
with all of the book reading that has been going on. The two of you on your walk to the library would notice a couple of children being stretchered down the boulevard here. And you'd see deep, dark splotches on their skin. They're being brought to hospital. And there's a shiver of panic that goes through the crowd as they're trundled up by workers towards the hospital. All right, Miss Mia. That gondolier. A gondolier took the Professor Maggie and myself around part of Venice yesterday. I'm wondering if this is the same individual. I think that's an immediate question. It needs to be found out. I also think you guys need to find this piece of the artifact and get the hell out of Venice as quickly as possible. I do as well. The uh, other thing is those children look sick, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, the last time that this uh, item was loose in Venice, there was a plague. What does that tell you? And she doesn't respond. She just bites her bottom lick that she, you know, looks kind of like forlornly at these poor kids getting carted off. Yeah, there's five of them. Jesus. Do you begin to see that we're messing with things that aren't just natural? No, I believed you the first time. But this does add a certain degree of urgency. Arrival at the library is shortly thereafter, as the library and museum is not but less than two blocks from the hotel. Uh, where you find the group in a various degree of, we'll say, investigative practices. Although, uh, Lady Elizabeth seems to be oddly out of view. Not really sure where she is. Those of you at the library see Mr. and Mrs. Griffith arrive. Arm in arm. Hey, Jim. Oh, Simon, uh, Mrs. Griffith. Mr. Fraser. And she actually says your name very intentionally and very correctly. May I have a moment of your time outside, please? Of course. Um, yes. Simon, if you'll excuse me. Uh, Miss Bellinger, I'm uh, stepping outside for a moment. Uh, I'll rejoin you shortly. How does Miss Bellinger look, by the way? Because I know she had a rough-ass morning. Pent up. She does look a little pent up. She looks probably just slightly pale. She looks like she's had a series of pulp fiction interactions. She's a little so a little red around the nose. She has maybe a bit a bit of red eyes going around and she looks like she had a very very disappointing morning. In terms of the blood that was coming out of her face earlier on, does uh, are there any marks on her face, any cuts, abrasions, or does it look like she's just had a really bad nosebleed or something? It looks like she's had a very bad nosebleed. So I guess kind of go out into the foyer or onto the steps of the library or something. Yeah, Mrs. Griffith, yes. You wish to speak with me? Yes. So, I believe I owe you an apology. That's quite all right. No, I I can be a bit of a brat, but you can blame my siblings for that. Ah, yes. Well, yes, I have, I have siblings myself. Well, a sibling. And I am here to give this to you. Oh, well. Uh, if you speak to my husband... Uh, he will be able to validate the credentials that I did provide them. But with all due respect, I will not be providing them to you. All due respect. Understood. However, I think it's prudent to say my name is Mia Aspen. I was born in Columbus, Ohio. I have a degree from anthropology from the Miskatonic University, and I do work for the British government. I am trained in forensics. I speak Arabic and Latin, and I have been sent here to report back to my superiors on your progress. 
I am quickly understanding the level of threat and danger that you are all under. And despite my assholery, I really am here to help. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Simon. You don't have to answer it now, but, and she looks at her watch, I don't have much time in Venice, you see. Uh, My attentions are split globally. But the question I would ask you, and feel free to confer with your group is, what do you need from us? Well, uh, that is a question I will have to ruminate on. Uh, as you can quite understand, your appearance was uh, somewhat unexpected. Um, I am sure that, though, uh, given your credentials, I don't know this uh, Miskatonic University you speak of? Yes. Uh, but uh, indeed, it certainly seems like you have a... a a particular skill set which uh, uh, no doubt could uh, aid us in uh, our uh, investigation. Is that the right word? I don't really know. I will. I will speak with the others, um, and uh, I'm. I'm sure that, given your uh, occupation and your training and uh, your qualifications. Uh, Yes, I'm, I'm sure that uh, your assistance would be very gratefully received. And I do appreciate you, you taking the time to speak to me. No, I appreciate you for allowing me the moment. And in one last ditched effort of uh, her showing both deference and humility, she is going to step back very theatrically. So now that I'm back in book club, what do you need me to do right this moment? Book club? Uh, I don't... Oh, I, I see. Yes, book club. <laughs> Very good. Um, Well, I suppose um, the particular lines of inquiry that we're following right now are to try and identify uh, a certain family uh, who I believe, and it does take a moment just to kind of glance around him just to see if there seems to be anyone hovering or observing or um, within earshot. No, it's fairly clear still. We are looking into a family called the... uh, Geramanchi, I think, Geramanchi, a family family of uh, doll makers um, of the city. Um, We believe they possibly might have some connection with this. They or possibly a person that they have been working for, um, we believe have lost someone at uh, uh, one of the battles of uh, Monte Grappa. We are also attempting to discern a this um, particular seal that we saw on the uh, on the letter, the uh, the cherub seal, whether that has some sort of uh, significance, whether it is the seal of a particular family of the city or something along those lines. Also, well, I, d- I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, from the information that we've already gathered, we understand that uh, whenever uh, parts of this simulacrum um, are... Uh, out in the open, um, they do seem to have an effect on the, the, the people around them. There is there is sickness. We have seen with the arm, there is a sickness and pain in the arm. We have seen with the chest, there is a, um, a tightness, uh, 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 infection-type uh, malady of the, of the chest. And we, we believe that the leg is something similar. Certainly from the reports that we've had um, of the last time, but the, uh, the latter part of the last century, when it was last... Um, here, out in the open in Venice, um, there was a plague of some kind that uh, racked the city, um, and uh, it, it seemed to affect people's uh, legs in particular. Um, now we uh, 
we think that perhaps if we can find the epicenter of uh, of this, uh, if there is a any 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 sickness of this kind in the city at the moment, that might lead us uh, along the right lines to find where this uh, this item might be located. If uh, there's any of that that you can assist with, uh, well, she looks down the street. Are, are the carded kids still in view? Uh, there are a few, yes, that you would be able to point out to him. So, Mister Fraser, she points out a series of uh, just a few shapes there moving along the boulevard. You can tell just how they're how the shapes are adjoined. That there are men with stretchers moving people. Oh, quite a few of them. It seems it's already in progress. Well, um, perhaps you might be able to uh, ascertain where these people are being taken from, if they've all come from the same area. And she smiles, and she doesn't respond, but she hops her happy behind right down those steps, and she takes off that direction. Okay. For your part, Mia, the children who seem to be uh, under a, a great malady were all taken from the same portion of the city. Uh, they were all seen playing in one of the waterways here. And from what the gentlemen in the medical community, who the people who are stretching them out, say uh, that someone's called the offices to see if they can get someone to test the water. And it's really at this point that you start seeing that darker water here, even in the Grand Canal. There are little, it's like there's, oil that runs on the top of the water. There's a darkness to it. And it's not super prevalent, but it is here and there. And you can tell that the people around you are starting to... They're really starting to increase their pace as they move throughout the city. You start to feel the tension, that wheel of tension in the city start to get ratcheted up a little bit. And that means you probably need to go soon. Okay. I guess I'll head back into the library and wait a later meetup. I'll go, I'll go find Simon, I think, first of all. Um, okay. Uh, so um, I've had a, a wee chat with uh, Miss Aspen, uh, Mrs. Griffith. Uh, and you're satisfied that uh, she is bona fide, yes? She checks out. Yes, well. She certainly seemed uh, a little less exuberant, shall we say, when we spoke. Um, I think. Uh, I think it's a front. I well, you know, she seemed um, genuine in her offer of assistance. So, uh, uh, at the moment, she's uh, doing a little bit of uh, uh, a reconnoiter, um, and I dare say she'll meet up with us later on. She certainly seems to know how to find us when she needs to. Did you see the sick children? I did. I. So it looks like the leg is active again. That's what I was thinking, yes. The gondolier who was torn apart. This was mentioned in the paper this morning. Oh, really? I hadn't heard of that. Well, I'll lay ten to one that uh, it was the same gondolier that shepherded me, Miss Maggie, and the professor around yesterday when we ran into uh, Fitzgeorge. You think it uh, some kind of message to us then, I? message to us or he was dressed in the wrong place at the wrong time because he was supposed to he said if we wanted to ride again he would be nearby and if he was nearby with everything just saying if he was nearby that could explain it but you go on sir uh, no I was just going to say I, I can't help but feel 
partly responsible for the poor man's death. Um, we saw some black water in the canal yesterday. Black water? Yeah, the water was black. Not like oil, but like the whole thing was turning oh. black. I wonder what that could mean. Could that be the leg as well? Well, would it be in the water somewhere then? That would explain why it would spread a plague, wouldn't it? Well, I, I really don't know how these things work. They, they, they seem to infect the air that, or something. I, I don't even know. Um, but perhaps I, perhaps people have been drinking water that is polluted by this thing. I mean, you have a well that goes bad. Everyone who drinks from it gets sick and it's spread. So maybe it's mm. the same thing here, black water. It's not natural, that's for sure. Perhaps, perhaps. That's just an idea. What did you guys find? Uh, well, I, I, I myself have uh, had a somewhat fruitless uh, search today, uh, but uh, we found uh, some information about... Uh, um, well, come on, let, let, let's go and uh, join Miss, Miss Bellinger and uh, see if she's got any more. She can tell you uh, about it. Uh, she It was herself that found it. Well, I, I will say one last thing, Fraser. If kids are beginning to get sick like this... And this could be a sign of a, the plague's return to Venice. Then our time frame has to be escalated for obvious reasons. You'll get no argument from me on that score, Simon. So, Miss Bellinger, um, you have happened upon quite possibly one of the best things in life, and that is an overhelpful librarian who simply wants nothing more than to assist you with all sorts of knowledge. So, <clears throat> given your last role, uh, she also mentions that the Gramanchi family is still active here in Venice. Oh. And they have been working tirelessly to assist victims of the war with prosthetics. Oh. And so that they have a factory where artisans work on limbs. It's not too terribly hard to find. She can even give you directions. You'll have to sail back up the Grand Canal, of course, and go north. But the workers there are honest, and, and many of the people of Venice owe them a great thanks after the war. Well, that's very helpful. Two of my companions were in the war. Oh, hmm. She kind of nods almost sheepishly, like she's she understands and is maybe a little embarrassed Italy wasn't on the, the great side of that whole war Maggie doesn't know that certainly well perhaps I'll have to go myself and my friends can go visit the facility oh certainly from what I understand Antonio Gramasi still runs the factory he's an elderly man but he's reasonable enough to talk to oh well, well thank you you've been very helpful today. Well, I like helping people find what they need. Is she hitting on me? Make a psychology roll. Sorry, I'm just, I'm real primed for it now. <laughs> oh, I failed. 75 over 10. Nah, she's just being nice, right? Okay. Maybe. It's hard to say. Maggie's a little, dis Maggie's disappointed. She can't tell. Knowing that Lady Elizabeth and Richard are also in mm -hmm. the library. 
I would probably seek them out along with Simon to see what they have found and also share the information that I have found. Certainly. Um, the the two of you who are continuing research, uh, especially those who are looking into the Council of Ten uh, and some of those other threads, the rundown of the Council of Ten is fairly straightforward. Uh, several hundred years ago, they were a very important attachment to the city, the way this, the city was governed. And they did a lot of the policing and then investigative work, but they didn't necessarily have, they had soft political power and no real troops to speak of, meaning they didn't have a, a police force or something like that, but they could do investigations. And so they had investigators who would do their bidding. And the Council of Ten took the name because it was obviously 10 people, but they were fully and totally under several levels of government before. Uh, so while the uh, name is ominous, uh, it uh, seems to be a, a fairly straightforward government agency. Uh, but yes, the three of you meet back up and then uh, actually, for the most part, the whole party can find each other within the library. Uh, and then I'd like a psychology role from you, Mr. Fraser. Um, absolutely, yeah. Is there anything specific I'm making this psychology roll about? Yes. Uh, when when coming back upon Lady Elizabeth, um, there's something am- amiss about her uh, overall attitude. She's smiling. Well, I'm not touching her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Um. I'll uh, as I as I go over to to see how uh, how they're getting on. Yeah. Um, I shall see if I can glean anything. Ah, um, uh, no, that is a big fail. Yeah, well, here they are. Uh, it seems they've collected some books here and they're beginning to gather and chat about some of the stuff that they've found. Oh, your leadership, uh, uh, you had some success, I, I, I take it. Uh, yes, quite. I, out of character, I can't, Lady E cannot remember any of the things she's read in the last, like, hour. She knows she found some some good things, but she can't remember what they are at the moment. <laughs> well, they must have been good. They've certainly put a smile on her face. <laughs> I'm in a library, Mr. Fraser. Always puts a skip in your step. Oh, yes. And I'll start rifling through my notes to try and remind myself of the stuff that I found. Yeah, so for the collated breakdown, uh, to make things a little easier here at the end, there is a family of what were former doll makers, which appear now to be in the business of making prosthetic limbs. And that seal is their family crest. And also they were at one point under investigation by a council here in the city for some rather secretive, supposedly, and and terrible things that they had done politically, but no hard evidence had been found of it. Their dolls were very fashionable in the 1800s. And as times and fashion changed, they fell out of favor in Parisian or in Venetian culture. And uh, that said, they're still remembered today, as are their dolls. And they have a factory here in the city, and Miss Bellinger has its address. Well, that's what we have then. Next steps. Well, I believe it's possible for us to visit the factory. Under what pretext were you thinking? A tour, or 
This won't be like the Alpha Romeo factory, will it? I certainly hope not. I hope not, too. I wasn't there, but I heard many things about it. It should be possible to visit such a place without much need of a pretext. Uh, Mike, is it possible that perhaps my mother or her mother had one of those dolls if they were fairly popular in Europe and my family's very wealthy? So to answer your question, uh, Lady Elizabeth, give me a luck roll and we'll see if your mother or grandmother had one of these dolls. My mother's half French, which is why I'm asking, because her mother was French and her father was Scottish. So didn't know if that would make a difference. It could have been from India. Let the dice decide. Zero, zero, seven. That is a success. Whatever my luck is. Fantastic. Uh, So you remember... Uh, these dolls from your grandmother's stories. They had been to Venice a couple of times and had acquired one of these dolls. Uh, they were very posh at the time. And they're about anywhere between 12 to maybe 18 inches, fully clothed, real hair, etc. They are a master's work. They take a long time to create. And your grandmother always talked about having the doll in bed with her at night for comfort. Well, if we end up needing a pretext, I can always mention that my grandmother had one and I was perhaps looking to replace one or take one for my mother. Who knows? I've got uh, another idea as well. Uh, I know that Maggie was um, needing copper for a bracelet. Um, Perhaps we could get a larger one fashioned or um, possibly even a I don't know, some sort of corset. Um, Maybe that would uh, uh, assist with that problem too. I I don't know. Richard's very kind of... uh, He has less confidence than normal at the minute. Richard is currently obsessed with copper. He is. Yeah, it's entirely possible. It's a factory, they say, so it would depend on what materials they might have access to. Oh, that's what what we could... um, we could get Mia to send us over like a hundred weight of copper. Um, good plan. And, and perhaps like a, um, a blacksmith's furnace or something like that so we can melt it, melt it down. And, and I'm picturing a suit of Maggie yes. copper plate mail. <laughs> okay. So why don't we say then that uh, given the fact that it's just about midday, is the group going to head to this Cremancy uh, doll factory. Yes. I think so. And then, are they also say before they go, giving me Mia a list of things they might need? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Am I right in? Have I understood this correctly? That the uh, um, the factory still produces dolls, but it also produces prosthetic limbs. No, your understanding is that after the war they moved to producing prosthetics because of need so if we went to the factory we probably wouldn't find any dolls there or if we weren't saying we were looking for dolls they wouldn't they would say we can't help you we don't we don't do that anymore that is your assumption at this point given the information that you have it is likely you assume that if there are a couple of old italian men still running this factory they probably occasionally spin out a doll every once in a while for a local but if their aim is to do prosthetics, that's likely an entire assembly line type of need, uh, given the um, 
number of wounded, especially from fighting and grappa and some of the other fighting. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of wounded Italians. I think given that, then uh, Mr. Fraser will suggest that um, they also have, as a backup plan, a um, a, a story, a cover story of requiring a prosthetic limb as well, uh, perhaps uh, an old comrade who was uh, injured in uh, in the fighting, and uh, they they have heard that this this place they happen to be here, they heard that this place um, uh, does exceptionally fine work, etc., etc. Just have a reason for being there in a prosthetic limb factory. Uh, so, Mia, you receive your um, well, your your Christmas list from. Uh, the investigators will detail what it is perhaps at a later date, but uh, you have your list now. And with all the craziness going on in the city and what could be a plague starting back up, it seems like the perfect time for you to exit. Beautiful. Lady Elizabeth, it was a pleasure to meet you in person. Thank you so much for your time, your energy and your efforts in this particular endeavor. The pleasure is all mine, I'm sure. She's going to do the arms out thing towards Maggie. Like, oh, bring it in, boo. Oh, Maggie will, of course, give her a hug. And she'll whisper into your ear, you deserve better. But if you are determined to stay on this path, good luck. Maggie, make me a power roll. Okay. (laughs) 15 under 75. You hold it together. It is very um, infrequent that you get such an emotional response from someone. Mm -hmm. And... That isn't, you know, somebody being upset. It makes you a little weepy. But you hold it together. I squeeze her a little tighter. Oh, and she returns the hug. Because let's face it, black women hugs are the best. (laughs) So you definitely get one of those. Uh, She moves like playfully but cautiously over towards uh, Dr. Corduroy. (laughs) She's like, I would touch you, but I don't want anything to attach to my face. So good luck in all the things that you do. Uh, thank you, and uh, if you could send some tea over back from England, I'd be uh, most grateful. Thank you. I do believe that is yes here on the list. Easy requests; those make me so happy. <laughs> Much obliged. Thank you. She's going to move over to Mister Fraser and very respectfully look to him in his eyes. We good? And uh, James Robert Fraser will extend his hand towards her. She will give it a very hearty handshake. And uh, you must forgive me for my somewhat tough discussion with you uh, earlier on today. The events that uh, have befallen us on this journey have uh, bred a certain degree of suspicion. You understand? She nods, and right as she opens her mouth to say something, she's going to snatch him really fast and see if she can creep in a hook. Um, <laughs> he will... Um, not be sure exactly what's going on at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> so I rather think he's probably just going to be frozen on the spot. Not really. <laughs> his arms straight down by his sides. <laughs> <laughs> so frozen in the spot, she'll wrap her arms around your neck. She'll hug you. She said, it's okay. I started it. Well, um, g- good luck to you, uh, Mrs. Griffith. Uh, safe journey. Thank you. Husband... It's been a wonderful marriage these past 18 hours. Yes, it has. (laughs) Take care of yourself, all right? And be safe. I will. As I said, you're the best imaginary wife a man could have. And she smiles, and she's going to ask one more time. 
You okay? I'm okay, but I have two ideas. Um, simple things, I think, for you. But I'm going to have a feeling we're going to need someone. Is it Sophia we're heading to, Jim? I'll, I'll need to double check the itinerary, but... Uh, it is on the list. I believe it is on the list. Uh, I believe if you can arrange, we're going to need a trusted translator, potentially for both Greek and Arabic down the road. If you could get us some names of people who the department allows for. And she smiles and she says something to you in Arabic, but she doesn't bother translating it. And she is going to say, well, friends and family, it has been a pleasure. But if this is mid-afternoon, she knows that she doesn't have much daylight left. So she is going to go send a telegram really fast. And then she's going to have to go to her room and start packing up. So at like 4.15 in the morning, she can get out of here. But she does need to send a quick telegram. Uh, back to base. It's going to be coded. It says something cute like, arrived in Venice, safe. The water is fine. The weather is beautiful. Uh, I'll check in with you on my next city. But what it actually says is, Courtney bonded with device. Device unstable, host unstable. Recommend immediate extraction and termination of Courtney. And on that note, I will call the session to a close. So thank you so much for joining us again another episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We look forward to meeting you again next week. <laughs>